Welcome to the Career Growth Podcast, where we discuss how university students and graduates can break into the job market and develop their careers. Let's get started with your hosts, Lucy, Vinay, and Julia. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Julia, from the Career Growth Podcast, and we finally launched our podcast, and I hope you, you have enjoyed the latest couple of episodes. It has been a great experience so far for us and hopefully you, and it's just the beginning. Um, if you have also enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and review. That would be so, so helpful on our end. Today, we thought we'd create a little bit more of a bonus episode for you. So this episode isn't so much career related as it's more about us, your hosts. Yeah, we realized that we didn't really give you much information about us. So we've come together to kind of like reveal our secrets and give you a chance to get to know us a little bit more. You're brave. <laughs> also, we just love talking about ourselves. Yeah, we do. We love ourselves. <laughs> yeah. That's a that joke. That's a joke. That is a joke. Real. Okay. <laughs> we don't, but yeah. <laughs> we like to talk. Should I read my script? Because I think that was me being honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so first thing they have so found far. out. First thing they've realized now that we like to talk about ourselves. So that's that's... good. Okay. Yeah, it's not saying this is going to be scary. The honest answer is, oh, this is going to be so fun. It is. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes how many people actually listen to me when I talk because I go off on so much of a tangent and sometimes I do wonder what the background is of the things I say. It just kind of comes out, so. <laughs> I mean, I listen to you talk so I do the initial editing. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> you're paid to do that. Yeah, so. you're one you're one <laughs> I mean, same for me. I screw up on all my words all the time. So when I'm going through the first round of editing, I'm usually just like, Julia, ugh, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got patience of a saint, to be honest. So hands up to Julia. <laughs> all right. So to make this a little more fun, I've created a couple of questions um, that I'm going to ask you guys. And they go from kind of ridiculous to extremely serious. So shall we get started, everyone? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So question one. This is for you, Lucy. Since you're a foodie, um, and if you haven't already, she does have a Instagram called, I think, Food by, a Foodie by Lucy or, or something? It's Food by Lucy, yeah. So I like, I would like to say that I cook like all the time, but a lot of it is me eating out. So it's not always food by me, but, you know, you get the gist. <laughs> so, yeah, feel free to follow me for lots of food. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, eat. One promo at a time. I know. Sorry, I'm just taking this. I'm taking this as a chance to just like, come on, guys, sponsor me, give me free food, like a girl's in need. But yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Julia, what do you want to ask me? Go ahead. Uh, what's your to-go order um, at your favorite hometown restaurant? So you're not oh, from no. London. So what's the f- best place in Birmingham? Oh no, that is throwing a spanner in the works. <sighs> so. My favourite place in Birmingham, so over summer, and this wouldn't be typically dining in, so I worked closely with a pizza vendor, and they basically set up in a horse box, and they go around serving nine-inch Neapolitan-sized pizzas. It's all sourdough-based, and it's just absolutely incredible. And there is this pizza, and it's bacon and maple syrup, Mm. and that was my diet the whole summer. I just had like pizza literally all the time and I'm actually suffering from really bad pizza withdrawal symptoms. So to me, that would be my go-to, um, which obviously sounds quite basic. Um, but 
I love all sorts of food and it's really difficult. So that's going to be my solid answer, I'm afraid. Yeah. If you ask me about London, I have a lot of other <laughs> things that I would say, but I don't want to bore everyone. So, <laughs> No, no, that's fine. I mean, Birmingham's I've never been there. I've, I've driven through Birmingham, but one day I hope to go see this pizza place as well. Um, yeah, I'm very, going back home here soon and I've already started creating a list of food that I'm wanting to get. And I'm trying to figure out what to bring back you guys. Mm. I want to bring back like a barbecue sauce for Vinay because the last time I went back to the States, he got very mad at me for not having any barbecue for him. Um, and then I'm, I'm trying to live my yeah, best life. Knows? I'm trying to live my best life for Julia. <laughs> Tell me it's a sweet baby raise barbecue sauce and sweet baby ace sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce i have never heard of that we are talking about barbecue sauce aren't we yeah yeah, yeah. sweet baby oh, ray's we we're we're i thought i thought <laughs> but then i just thought are we talking about bringing a whole barbecue like an actual barbecue back <laughs> but no we're talking about sauce so anyone in the uk go to sainsbury's and get sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce it's the best barbecue sauce you'll ever have and they do it in sainsbury's and it's the best thing ever there you go you heard it from the foodie herself <laughs> <laughs> um but just on the pizza side of things um so the pizza company is called The Wedding Pizza Co. Um, so if anyone's listening and they're getting married, shout out to The Wedding Pizza Company because they can serve pizzas at your wedding as well. And they do like kind of rugby clubs. And yeah, it's all about supporting small as well. Um, and it's a really good pizza. So highly recommend. <laughs> so many promos on Lucy's I side. Lucy's <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, like, Lucy's got someone else's payroll. Literally. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right, Vinay, you're up next. Ooh, favorite food. Oh, okay. I think I've recently moved houses and um, a couple of things I miss. I think anyone that's been to the UK, especially London, uh, Deschamps is a favorite. And if you have been there, you probably know. Um, the other one is, you know, talking about pizza, there's a really good pizza place. Um, that was not too far away from where we live. Is Yes, I told you about Yes. Have you yes. been? No, but it's on the list for like next weekend. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I go. Get the Ariana. Ariana is the pizza that you need in your life. Oh. Uh, what? So what is the ingredients for that? Uh, it's got honey. It's got truffle. No, it's got truffle honey, uh, oh, sausage wow. meat, and uh, oh God, I'm starting to forget what was on that pizza. It's been that long since I last had it, so. This is a bad promo <laughs> for Zia Lucia. Yeah, unfortunately. They didn't send me the check. You got paid, I did. So I'm really doing half for your promo. So no, definitely have Ariana on the menu. Um, you will not regret it. It's like sweet, savory pizza. Like, you just can't go wrong. Yeah, I too. Yeah. And if, if anyone's, <laughs> anyone's in Austin, oh. if any of my Texas fellows are listening, my favorite place is actually a ramen place called Ramen Tatsuya. I, I don't know what they put in it. It's so <laughs> good. Um, like, I had like, I can't even, like the broth is just, I can't even describe it. It's like some type of pork broth and you can get like pork belly into it. You can get, they call like little like garlic bombs. You can get like actual like garlic bomb, like lots of garlic put in there. Um, and then you can get Brussels sprouts and corn in it. It's, it sounds like the most basic. Brussels sprouts and a ramen. Yeah, it's what? so good. You wouldn't think it, but it's so good. I was like, going to yeah. say, this is. I can't even describe. It's like the first place I was going. Like It's on my list. And I remember when 
everything with the pandemic happened because they normally don't do takeaways. They started doing takeaways and I was just like, no. And then I have asked several one of my friends, I was like, do anything to get that recipe. Like, I don't care what you do, like just do it and give me the recipe. And uh, no one's been successful, <laughs> unfortunately. So maybe one day Ramen Tatsuya will figure out who I am and send me the recipe because I, I think I would have made it. I can die after that. So <laughs> I feel like we need to send this episode directly to them. I know. This is, this is a prayer. Are we doing this for like the career growth podcast? Or is this like a delivery kind of promo video that's going on here? It might be. It honestly might be. We should switch questions. I'm hoping for the latter, but <laughs> like no. the first what like, twenty minutes of it is just being spent talking about. Yeah, this is what like, start by a conversation. No, it's nine minutes is... actually. <laughs> This but, is what we like, so. Definitely. All right, so let's move on to the next question. Um, so what are you guys curious about right now? Uh, Julia, what, what are you Fine, I, tell, tell us about what's- uh, what I am curious about. about influencer marketing. That's, I've been telling Lucy about this too, because I have been following a lot of influencers on my Instagram, curious to know how they work as an influencer. Um, and how they rise through the ranks of like tiers of influencers and like especially mine is more specific towards people who do clothing because mm. um, I love clothing it kind of go to Love Island them. go on Love Island oh no 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 <laughs> and the deals will come facing you I mean that is fair Molly Mae has a ton of deals and so did the person who won Amber also had like a ton of it's people from last season anyways like it actually does work out well if you go to Love Island but I was interested by the people who do like different halls like Zara halls and Primark halls and that's a lot of clothes they do a lot of different like clothing outfits and I'm so curious to know how they make it work that's a lot of money to spend. Yeah they return it they return it straight after. Yes no some of them return to them straight after some of them actually turn them around and sell it for like a small increase of price so it's like maybe a pound or something or maybe it's like they take off a few amount and they end up turning a profit on the fact that they've resold the clothes with a bit of a tip included um, and so it's like that's so interesting to me how they work and how often they're kind of present. It's just a new type of influencing. And mm. that's what's been fascinating me lately. Interesting. That is interesting. I was actually yeah. um, reading something about like YouTube's algorithm a couple of days ago as well, because that was in the news where YouTube accidentally took the mick out of content producers on there because their algorithm kind of promotes uh, people to make longer videos, but then they'll kind of make it fun of it. Uh, that's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, on that, I do wonder with a lot of influencers and kind of like that whole like industry, how sustainable is it? And I always think, you know, are we going to, is kind of like our generation going to shift more towards the influencer kind of like, you know, influences or are people going to start like narrowing away from social media? I like, yeah, I'm curious to see how it kind of develops, but at the same time, I'm starting to think it will go more towards the influencers, just because obviously everything's getting a lot more digital. It's it's a really it's a really kind of like it's weird interesting, industry. right? Because like if you look at it, it is a way of advertisement, and if you look at how the advertising industry's evolved over the years, like the great thing about social media is it kind of gives you that access to people's lives that you don't usually get through like TV ads. So you kind of feel like you know the person because you see them like at a restaurant, you see them like, I don't know, trying on clothes, whatever else that you see, you kind of get a glimpse of their data in life. So it makes you kind of feel like you know that person and it feels like a personal recommendation. And studies have shown that you're more 
likely to buy something when it's based off a personal recommendation as opposed to like you just seen an ad. So it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves because obviously a lot of people, you know, it clearly works. And like, if you look at some of the biggest music stars and the wealthiest, me and my wife were talking about this, like all the most like financially successful music artists have made their money outside of music. And it's usually through like brand endorsements or like on the business side of things. And I think the biggest example is like talent versus business. You could probably say Jay-Z versus Beyonce. Like Jay-Z's like far wealthier than Beyonce, but let's not talk about talent here because obviously we all know who's got the talent in that relationship. But Queen B. <laughs> there you go. So it's just interesting like to see how it's going to evolve over the next few years. And also the regulators have been clamping down on this, but like, you know, saying that you have to say it's a paid ad, it's a paid promo, et cetera. So it's going to be interesting to see how the regulator reacts to how the whole influencer industry is going to kind of, oh, at least how the regulator is going to clamp down on it because it is quite scary because, you know, some, um, a lot of very young people are on social media and they get, like exposed to this from a lot of influencers, things that, and it also it shapes the way you think as well, which is quite powerful. So I think influencers do have a duty. <laughs> At least what they're promoting is like, you know, honest and not hurtful. But I mean, the generation, like my nephew's generation, is the first one where they're actually growing up with social media in like middle school. I mean, I had Facebook when I was maybe in like sixth grade, but that was like the launch of Facebook. So it wasn't really as big as social media is now and so it, it'll be interesting to see how influencers work even clothing influencers can be like bad on you because you tend to think oh well, i wish i kind of had the money to be able to buy 600 pounds worth of zara um all the time um and then we don't really see the reality of like the of what it means to be an influencer so here's a question should influencers really look into what they're selling so like you know say clothes that are not very ethically made do the influencer um have have any sort of responsibility towards like looking into those kind of things or do they just blindly promote it and not be held accountable for what they kind of push yeah. out i mean i think they should if they're a good influence i think they should look into these things to see what they're promoting because ultimately if they're just kind of blindly promoting things that says more about their character than it does yeah. about anything else it depends on what their like brand personality is if they're going around being like i'm more you know, thinking about sustainability and how to be more like, you know, environmentally friendly and they're promoting maybe fast fashion or something like that, which is not really known for that, then it does make them seem like a little bit of a hypocrite. So it's it's more of a decision based off who they want to be seen as, as, a, as an influencer. Yeah, they definitely have a duty of care. And I think a lot of social media platforms do as well. And I don't think they're, they're always kind of you know, taking on the responsibilities that, for example, Instagram, that's like giving young people all of these filters and like they're changing the way that your face looks. And now some people just can't accept the way they actually look because they're so used to having these filters. Things like that, I think, is is like a really toxic version of the industry. And I do hope that the younger generation doesn't get sucked into that kind of way of life. I think it takes the kind of like it's a big distraction and it takes the focus away from like what actually matters for example like your career like your just personal happiness it's it's very time consuming um but there's definitely good influences um that can obviously be like a real positive to your life and also that can be like company as well in quite like a lonely world and sometimes it's quite like comforting to follow someone else's life and yeah see if it kind of like benefits yours but 
There's lots of myths and mysteries. You just got to roll with it. You need to make a documentary of like a behind the influencer mm. and like following them. TM, 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 TM. I want money if that happens. <laughs> I wonder if there is, is if, if people like in the UK, if you can get on the BBC, uh, BBC iPlayer do a lot of documentaries kind of, you know, looking into things like this. You know, there's a lot of uh, Stacey Dooley. She's like a journalist that really kind of tries to tackle a lot of these issues as well. So definitely watch and see what's out there and see if you can get a different, like, different perspective on these industries and it's not it's not all like glorious you know Louis Vuitton bags and money and pretty things I think a lot of behind the scenes is potentially quite a lot of mental health issues and just other issues that actually people wouldn't realize it's not all sunshine and rainbows uh, to kind of bring you back to like the career growth podcast and something that might be interesting to some of our listeners a top tip for any listener that's looking for a job at the moment a top tip I wouldn't jump straight into getting an internship because that's very, very biased to the purpose, although it is a very good tip. I would research, research, research every industry that you're potentially interested in. We are so lucky that this generation has the kind of resources to be able to discover so much about an industry before committing to anything. And there are so many like articles, current affairs, and books and podcasts that really give you like a good insight into kind of what to do in terms of like preparing for for these kind of you know career steps and what the industry is about and I think it makes you a lot more comfortable as well when you do eventually make that application it sounds like a really basic tip but I think it's actually one that people overlook because they just might feel a little bit time poor and I know it's not always the most kind of interesting thing to do but if you set aside particular amount of hours per day to research a particular industry I think you'll see huge benefits from that 100% I can I just kind of build on that and just to add to that I spoke to a candidate I think it was a couple of days ago she said she made about 70 applications and haven't heard back for roles in marketing so I asked her okay so name your dream company to me and she mentioned a company and I said okay so what do you think a marketing person does in that company on an average day she was just not able to answer that question and that's where the issue here is, where you really need to understand what a what that role entails and what a day-to-day -day life in that role entails. What kind of software do would you be using? What kind of skill set do you need? And that's essentially what you need to fill on your CV in order for an employer to value you as a as a as a candidate and invite you for an interview. So uh, that's a great tip, Lucy, and I 100% agree with you. I think don't underestimate the the beauty of passion because I think one of the best tips is really if you do have a particular interest in a job, it's kind of sell your passion on it. Figure out like, again, why are you passionate about that particular role? What is it about that role that um, that makes you excited about it? And maybe use it as a creative outlet, especially in marketing. Marketing is such a, a field where there's so many people who want to be in it. And it's so saturated that you kind of have to figure out ways to stand out um, and maybe think of what right now can I do to stand out against a competitor? How can I sound passionate about the role that I'm applying for? What is it about their job that makes me passionate and excited to be a part of it? And I think employers really love to see that you're passionate about their role and they would be excited to maybe a little more excited to like interview you and even showing that in your cover letter, 
showing that in your resume and not not making it sound like they're the 18th application, even if they are the like 18th application they're applying for, be as passionate about the 18th um, job application you're filling out as it is for the first one, no, even though it might be really hard and you might be very down about it. Because if you're passionate, I think that'll translate quite clearly to employers. There's a lot more to it. And I think just being more creative on the outlets that you're doing, especially with marketing. I think I saw someone who was like a beauty marketer, like a beauty marketer, and she created an entire website in that website she then created a youtube series within that she then created a like um what is it called a magazine dedicated to their entire brand and she actually the youtube was like as if she was an influencer and how they could utilize influencers to represent their brand beauty and it was really just taking the next step forward and she did that because she was so passionate about working at that specific company and i think that showed very well even though she may not have had the skill set like the main skill set that a company wants yeah i completely agree and i think you know a lot of people think they have to be you know, the brightest spark in the room and have to have all this educational background. And obviously that does contribute to any kind of job application. But if you have passion, ultimately you will stand out amongst the others and you can't really teach someone to to have passion. Like it kind of comes within. And I think it's definitely employers like look out for that when they're hiring. It's a thing like it's commitment as well to the role. You want to be hired and employers will think actually they they could stay with us for a long period of time and they can really grow with us. Agreed. I agree. I agree. Um, just to kind of clarify, I think uh, passion is really important, but you've got to have that skills or that pr- passion is essentially that cherry on top. You've got to have that solid skill set to kind of back that up. And I think it, this kind of builds on Lucy's point where you've got to know what you want to do and understand exactly what it is, because without researching, without understanding what that role really entails, it is going to be very difficult to kind of be super passionate about something. And a lot of candidates kind of use that word quite loosely without really understanding what that role entails. So combining what Julia and Lucy said, really good tips. And I was going to actually ask Julia if there are any kind of like practical tips that candidates can kind of, or at least what can candidates do to kind of showcase their passion. But as you mentioned in marketing, like building a website, creating a YouTube video, et cetera, that YouTube video doesn't even have to be like for the part in the public domain, it could be set as private. And on that website, you can obviously show a link or you can share that kind of link privately with an employer. And so if you are someone that's not the most confident or you don't want to put your, put your videos out in the internet for everyone to see, you can always put it as a private video and just send that private link to an employer. But outside of marketing, say someone who's interested in insurance, as an example, a career in insurance, how can they showcase their passion? Hmm. And in like, if it's career insurance, I think I remember on one of the uh, interviews with Ali, because his is financial consulting and finance is not really all that interesting to a lot of people. If you're not a finance head, I think his was just maybe reading and listening to a lot of other podcasts and staying on top of the news, because you can then you will have conversations that you hear about insurance that you might be able to discuss with the interviewer like oh did you hear this latest topic of what they're doing with the new wave insurance and then it's one it's kind of showing that you're knowledgeable but it's also maybe showing that you're taking the extra step because you're listening to podcasts and it doesn't necessarily have to be the most excited person the most creative person maybe it's what you're doing in the background listening to podcasts reading books and it's very maybe that's your way of doing passion because you're spending time you know, listening to these things, reading these things. And I think that can be reflected as passion. It's so much, it's a little bit harder for me because the marketing is such a more creative part than the non-creative ones. It's it's a lot harder to tell what people want from passion. But I would say it's spending time learning more about 
the different ways um, you can use insurance and what creative kind of ways can you apply insurance or even figuring out how to take insurance jargon and clarifying that and being like, I've always found insurance was difficult to explain. Here's what I did to try to explain it to my friends and something. Cause I feel like if you're selling insurance, people want you, like you want to be able to like simplify it and make people like me understand what insurance (laughs) means. Yeah, that's a really good idea. That's great. I think that's a really good tip because I think what Julius just mentioned could be applied to any industry. If you can show passion, there's nothing wrong with insurance, but if you can show passion in insurance, you can pretty much apply those principles to anything. It could be engineering where obviously listening to latest uh, podcasts or following companies' uh, LinkedIn pages, some of the biggest engineering companies, they share their latest projects. You can look into like what kind of uh, engineering principles are being applied or what's the latest innovations that's coming through in engineering, etc. So really good points. Okay, what's your response to the questions that Lucy and I just answered? Okay, I think um, the biggest, I would say, the biggest mistake that a lot of candidates make is not having the right CV or having the right format for a CV. And what you've got to do is put yourself in the shoes of people that read CVs. If your CV as a recent graduate or a recent postgrad is more than one page, you're doing it wrong. There are some industries that ask for two-page CVs, but the vast majority of industries, one-page CV. Make it a good one. Make sure it's easily laid out, the information is presented in a very easy to read format and uh, make sure your CV is up to the standards that's expected from companies. Like in my experience, 99.9% of CVs that we get here at Capital Placement needs to get edited. Some of them are minor edits, some of them are major edits. I've had like undergrads with no experience come to me with a three page CV and it's just ridiculous. So the one thing I would say is have a really good look at your CV, edit it, make sure it's one page, it's summarized really well and your experiences are clear. There's a style method to answer, uh, to how to structure your answer or how to structure your CV rather. It's on our website. Take a look at that, use that method on your CV and that's the number one tip I can give to candidates. So between the three tips that you got, hopefully that's useful to candidates. All right. So going on to the question I asked you before this one, what's the biggest challenge that both of you guys are facing and how are you going, how are you working on overcoming it? I'm happy to take the reins with this one. <laughs> I hate, I hate my job. I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, I love, I do love my job. Um, so the biggest challenge for me right now is I would say the working from home environment in terms of I think I'm struggling to kind of piece together a routine I I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what works for me and also how to like switch off properly and I've spoken to a lot of my friends about this as well and it's quite a common answer and so what I'm trying to do is just trying to like enforce a bit like more of a routine like for example like I do like a workout now before I start work um because I just feel like it frames the day and then I'll just try and like make sure that I have something to look forward to on the evening and whether that's just like watching you know tv or something um and just ensuring that i switch off because if i don't i find that it kind of has like a a knock-on effect like the following day and i think it's really important to kind of just try and find that like inner routine but it's something it's like a working progress and i would just say that obviously in the current situation it's probably a challenge for for everyone really i think the last kind of four to six weeks has been very challenging in the sense that we've got a sister company that's been launched that's going from like zero to 220 employees in the space of a couple of weeks. 
So that's been managing that. Uh, I've got an amazing co-founder who's kind of primarily responsible for that, but managing that, obviously we've got CP, uh, we've got podcast and I've moved homes as well. So coming into a new house with zero furniture for the foreseeable future is fun mm-hmm. and obviously working. But yeah, it's, it's always interesting at work. There's always new challenges. There's always new things going on. And so it's like constantly learning. And I don't think I've ever been comfortable in the last eight years where I was just like, oh yeah, every day, this, this is just going to be an average day for me. It's never been like that. And it's, I enjoy that. I enjoy being uncomfortable and learning new things. It forces you to learn new things, new industries, dealing with new people. You've got to come up with more efficient ways of doing things because what worked when you had 50 customers just don't work when you have two, 300 customers simultaneously, etc. So that's been a challenge, but I, I think Going back to Lucy's point, I think finding that balance where where to like, kind of switch off has been quite challenging. I think, yeah, because when you're in an office, you leave at a certain time and you just know that that's it, that's the end of your work day. Now it's my time, but that's that doesn't happen anymore. And especially if you have like a laptop, if you're working from a laptop, it makes it even harder because you can kind of be on your sofa, you could be on your bed, you could be in a coffee shop. And so you really just don't know when to switch your laptop off or just have that space. So one of the things I've tried and what I've done, and it actually works is having a particular work room or like a corner in your house where you work. And once you finish work, just don't go anywhere near that place, basically. So just leave that part of the house or your room and just close your laptop. And if you if you don't have like a separate work and a home laptop, just have like a separate browser or like uh, for work and have a separate browser for your home stuff. So like you minimize that work browser when it gets to a certain time, you switch off and then you just go into, you know, your Netflix or your YouTube or whatever else that you do in your spare time. That's been particularly helpful and that's been useful for me. Uh, that's like one thing that I've learned over the last couple of weeks. Mm. And I think it's probably like, really trying to get like move away from the screens as well we're spending so much time staring at screens and it's actually exhausting and I think you can feel quite strange for feeling so tired when you are like particularly working from home but it is really difficult when your eyes are just constantly focused on the screen it does make you really tired and it's kind of just making sure that you can just like step outside even for like 10 minutes just a little walk like it does really help it's so easy to to think oh no I'll just I'll do it later I'll do it later and then it Mm. kind of like never really happens I agree I was trying to convince my wife to play cricket with me yesterday (laughs) that would be uh quite quite she was not impressed Take her shopping. Yeah, she'll be impressed going shopping. Yeah. I just bought a house. <laughs> That's, that is shopping done for the foreseeable future. Goodness. Yeah. What about you, Julia? What are you finding challenging at the moment? Oh, besides, you know, obviously the working from home is always hard. Um, I think the one I'm finding challenging is like I feel... I'm now starting to see a little bit of a gap in my what I know and like my skill set and kind of moving on to the next like step. I think for instance, marketing, I just kind of, one of those things I just kind of fell into and was doing things that was already marketing and didn't realize I was doing marketing and just learned very quickly other steps of marketing. So I guess I'm fortunate in that, that I picked up quite quickly um, in all these areas. But now I'm, I'm having kind of bigger <laughs> dreams and bigger ideas of what I would like to do with the company. And I'm now trying to be like, 
oh, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and, um, and so I think that's what has been my biggest challenge is one, accepting that I don't know everything um, to figuring out how do I get those skill set? Like, how can I, you know, improve our Instagram from what I was currently doing? How can I be more creative in what we're doing for the company? And then finding things that I like on companies that are much, much bigger and who have maybe the marketing budget that's also massively bigger and probably several graphic in-house designers and being like, I want to do that and being like, I don't, I don't have the skill set, don't have the knowledge, don't know how to do any of that to be able to create a video like it. But I think, I think my biggest problem right now is hard to explain is that I want to do so well for the marketing side of the company. And I'm finding my skill set isn't enough to get me there. And I'm now trying to identify how do I get there? And how do I learn those skills? Who do I need to teach me those skills? Who should I be around to like, to help me get my goal of what I want for the company and what I want for the marketing side of the company. And I think that has been hard on me a little bit mentally because then it feels like, oh, if I do find I'm not, I'm no longer the smartest one in the room or I'm not the one who has all the answers. I'm now having to go back a couple steps and learn from somebody. And it definitely humbles you a bit <laughs> when you're like, mm, you don't have all the answers, sit down little one. Um, I think that has been a little bit hard mentally. I think, yeah, like no one is going to be perfect at everything. And yeah. learning isn't just like, it's a, an ongoing thing. Like everyone, even the smartest person in the world still has things to learn. And I always try and think about that as well. Like my underlying perfectionist. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I am too. Oh, so badly. And it's good to, to occasionally make mistakes as well. It's like a big learning curve and just recognize that, you know, you might not be really strong at everything, in, especially in like the field that you're interested in. And it can be quite like a kick um, to the ego, but just keep pushing, like be patient with it. And I think, you know, it's just good that you've got like that willingness to learn. So like give yourself a pat on the back because a lot of people just like would be comfortable in their position right now and not actually wanting to drive themselves. Yeah. Um, especially like in the current climate, it's very difficult to kind of like self-motivate yourself with the uncertainty. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've made steps to where I've now on LinkedIn, I'm following people who are very well known in marketing for both big companies and also companies and smaller ones. So I can see what they do and the differences. And then, you know, doing things like lunch club, like Bruce mentioned, and asking people, how do you market this? How did you do that? Can you walk me through how you did all of that? And so just getting, I'm making steps to accepting, you know, I don't know everything and it's okay to not know everything. And that's not a mark on me and figuring out how to improve on that. If anything, I learned a bunch of new skills and then it helps the company. It helps me. So there really is just like a bonus. Mm. But again, it's all just in your head when you don't have all the answers. That's my biggest struggle, but yeah, it's sure. identified and I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. That's the main thing. You've identified it. Um, and yeah, you're working on it. And I have full faith that you're going to be, well, you're already a marketing queen, um, but you, you're going to keep being a marketing queen. Uh, so just just believe in yourself. Yeah. Thank, yeah. I guess listeners have told you anything. It's okay to not have all the answers even in the job. And as long as you're still curious, keep going. Mm, curiosity is key. 100%. 100%. I think if you're listening to this, obviously it's due to all the hard work that Julia's put in. And so that's testament to how good she is. So <laughs> anyone that listens to this knows that anyone could hasn't listened to us, obviously you're missing out. <laughs> or you probably have that. <laughs> yeah. What if four people on our, on our like Instagram have not listened to it because I'm doing a bit of research into it, but I'm actually quite proud of that one. We got a bunch of followers off that. So nice. there you go. 
So no, it's hard. But I think like with what we do, because we've always got like new projects going on. There are like some projects which are fairly mature. Like obviously, we got the parent company CP, which is turning eight this Saturday, and then obviously you got something called the consulting company, which is yet to have its first birthday. And then we got this podcast, which is new. So you've got a fairly mature portfolio of com- uh, like opportunities within the company. Then you've got new kind of channels that have zero followers. So you've gone from like. So it's crazy, like you've got to have very different skill set and you've got to be pretty good to kind of manage all these different pages as well and market each of those products because it's not a one size fits all approach because what works for CP will not work for the podcast and what works for the podcast may not necessarily work for the consulting company, et cetera. And so it's going to be quite interesting. And obviously Julia does a really good job on that. Oh, well, thank you. I think people just need to get comfortable with not knowing the answers because the world moves at such a fast pace. And especially if you're in something like marketing, where a lot of the success or at least a lot of the metrics that you track is based on algorithms and algorithms are evolving on a daily basis. So if you don't evolve on a daily basis, you're going to get left behind very quickly. If you are a marketer, if you aspire to go into marketing and if you're fairly comfortable, then you're not probably doing your job properly. Yeah. I'd probably say you need to always stay uncomfortable and always keep your eye out on what the newest things are, especially with like, if you're marketing to younger generations, what they, they're not the same kind of audience as you know an older generation and you need to be able to pick up those differences in voices and differences in how you're advertising and always stick it marketing so much fun because it's really just it's like what can you do to get people it's all psychological to me and i quite like that um but yeah so let's move on to the next question okay so why did we choose to host this podcast besides the fact that i might have forced you <laughs> Jude's a very scary person <laughs> <laughs> she has a ways of persuading people. Yeah, she's scary. <laughs> she black people like this. <laughs> they had choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had no choice, guys. Like, sorry that you have to listen to me. <laughs> no, I agreed to this because I kind of want to give everyone a realistic approach to, you know, my experiences with kind of getting a career. Like, you know, I've mentioned previously, like, so I you know, did a really good degree and, you know, I was, you know, quite a high achiever in that. And I kind of just thought it would be plain sailing, breeze through the kind of job hunting process. And I'd, you know, everyone was like, you're going to get a really good job, like straight away based on your degree. And it absolutely was not the case at all. And mentally, it was really difficult to to realise that actually I focused so much on my degree that I missed out on a lot of things that I should have been doing as well. So I really, you know, I'm passionate about trying to help everyone who's listening to see that you can be doing a lot more to, to get where you want to be and just kind of don't always follow sheep in that sense and, you know, really try and push yourself to to get where you want to be. So hopefully my advice can help you and also to see like the employer side of things as well, especially what, you know, what I'm hearing on a day-to-day basis from people that are so experienced in their industries and like, yeah, what what they're looking for in the market too. Yeah. Major props to you, Lucy, for like talking to employers every single day and like founders and CEOs, massively impressed, like massively impressed. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting and it can be tough. Um, and you kind of never know who you're going to speak to as well. And you you kind of really have to try and make sure that you're you show that you're really interested in the particular industries. And you know, there's a lot of kind of thought going into it. But I'm also I love how I can get 
these opportunities for really great students that come on board with us. It's an amazing feeling when they get an internship and yeah, it's, it's worth all the hard work. You're listening to the Career Growth Podcast. Do you have a question for one of our hosts? Send us an email at thecgpodcast at capital-placement.com. The biggest reason behind the podcast was, as Lucy mentioned, we, we both have the privilege of speaking to a lot of people. And Lucy speaks to a lot of really great companies, founders, HR team, uh, CEOs. And from my perspective, I spent a lot of my time speaking to candidates. and. What I realized is there's some common themes or there's some common mistakes that candidates are doing or there are things that they could, it's just minor tweaks that they could do to their approach to job hunting that they just were not doing. I just it, it was kind of frustrating at first because there was no real way of getting this out to people and so, okay, this is all you have to do or these are very simple steps that you can do to kind of make yourself much more appealing to an employer. And you don't really have to change yourself, it's just how you structure your CV or it's just how you go about with your research or how do you make those applications. And it's all those little inside scoops that like me, Lucy and the team here at CP have like built up all that knowledge that we built up that we really want to kind of pass on to the world. And as I say, and get some insiders kind of information from employers as well, just to understand what it's like to work in that industry, what kind of candidates they look for, what kind of skills that they look for, what are sure ways of getting hired, and also what are, what are sure ways of getting not get hired or not get an interview as well. And it's just important to get those information out there because I don't think a lot of students and recent graduates know how employers think or what they're looking for. They think that they know, but they don't. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. And we just want to make sure that they can hear it from the horse's mouth, I suppose, from some of these uh, biggest employers in the industry in terms of what they're looking for, and what kind of skills that they will need when they graduate and when they apply for jobs. Okay. So what about you, the queen host? Huh? Um, <laughs> well, one, I love podcasts. Um, I listen to, I think like, I have one pretty much every day except for Thursday. So yeah, I pretty much have like a new podcast every day. So that's kind of, yes, most- Can you please tell everyone what kind of podcast you listen to? Because I think uh, I think they need to know. I think they need to know. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I listen to the Receipts podcast, which is hilarious. It's mostly alpha females. They're all based in the UK. They were really great because when I moved to the UK, I really wanted a good podcast to make me feel like I was a part of living here. And they definitely helped me with some of the slang, I think, that you guys use. And that just- it all name, name a few you've got a name a few. okay so there's receipts and then um i listened to and that's no the slang oh it's the slang lipsing i lip sing yeah, yeah. Okay. uh lip do you get that vinay vinay's really old by the way so lip sing <laughs> it, it just means kissing it just, yeah. it just means to kiss yeah and so i didn't realize what lip sing was and then Oh, I can't even think of them. But it was all just like um, moving mad was another moving one, mad. which is like crazy, like just being ridiculous and crazy. And so I think of it as a lot of like East London type of slang, but it's very interesting to me. But that's kind of it's just a bunch of like really funny three females. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, have you listened um, to it? Yeah, I have. And just not being biased, but British slang, it's just great. It's so funny. <laughs> the words we come up with. If we do say so ourselves. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, oh, it's it. definitely entertaining <laughs> for me. And yeah, so I listen to the Receipts podcast. I listen to And That's Why We Drink, which was my original OG podcast, my first podcast I ever listened to. And they are a true crime and supernatural podcast. So they're a beautiful mix of everything scary. So I like them because it's just something you don't think about. I also listen to the Crime Junkie because I love, I'm a massive true crime person, which is what Vinay was getting at by having me list all my podcasts. And the so only thing that's made me like great on these podcasts is I'm now super suspicious of anybody and I know how to defend myself if someone tries to kill me so there's that and also how to get away with murder if I must uh so. and that's how she got us on this podcast so anyone listening we have a potential serial killer on the podcast that kind of explains um, yeah. why you have taxes don't they have death penalty there I have no idea. <laughs> no, I no. I'm too suspicious in Texas. That's why I need to move along somewhere else. But yeah, no. But I love podcasts, and I think another one. It was just it's just the transparency of everything. I've always wanted to know everything about career stuff, and I also just hated the fact that they'd be like, "Oh, employers might want this or might want that," and I was, would be like, "Can I just like ask them directly what they want? Wouldn't that make my life easier? Wouldn't it be like valuable of their time and my time if?" I deliver what they were expecting for me and vice versa. And so I think that was one of the benefits of creating the podcast and wanting to be a host in the podcast is one, creating the conversations about what we are discussing and trying to make it in a way that's entertaining. Uh, and two, also pretty much straight up asking employers or high up executives, like, how do we work in your industry? How do we do this? So um, exactly. It's yeah. about asking questions that you want to ask, but can't ask. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Mm. Yeah, we we essentially just want to help our listeners feel confident um, about kind of the career choices that that you make, um, and just feel like you're not alone in the work life roller coaster, as we call it. So it's very easy to kind of feel like you're in a hole, and you know no one can see actually how you're feeling and how you're dealing with it. And we want to make sure that we give you enough resources to be able to nail the interview and get you your dream career yeah so hopefully this is the first of many many episodes on this podcast but that pretty much hopefully you found out more information about us i mean the sad thing i feel like they've took away from me is the fact that uh i am always curious and might be a serial killer so that's probably not too great <laughs> <laughs> we, we're gonna put your picture off our own texas and ask around like what have you seen this person like to be careful which yeah. country i mean uh, like which county you're putting in because i do have ex-boyfriends who might say bad things <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, God. oh who knows we're feeling too many secrets now <laughs> cut, cut. No, i'm gonna knock on wood because if they do suspiciously die between now and the airing i want nothing to do with this i was in the uk here's proof <laughs> We have a <laughs> yeah okay so final final thing before we go can you uh, describe the podcast in one word i'll give you a few seconds podcast okay don't be literal <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i I have nothing else. Podcast. Nothing. That was all this you could is come the up CEO, with. Like, yeah, literally. The that describes CEO every podcast, though. I'm tired. <laughs> it's been it's been a long day. At half one in the afternoon. Okay. I will describe it as influential. Okay. Okay. Because hopefully this influences everyone to make better choices and just really kind of take on board the tips and tricks that we give you to 
to get you to where you want to be. All right, Vinay, besides podcast, because that does not count. <laughs> just... I thought that was also a great one there. <laughs> I thought that was quite original. No one's ever said that before. No, I'm pretty sure many. Like, <laughs> I have an intellect of a six-year-old. Um, let's see. Um, can I have some more time? Sure, I'll go with, um, uh, don't, let's see. I would say I'm going between, I'll go with growth. Because um, I think we're all right. kind of growing. Between me and you, we got two out of the four names <laughs> in the title. You got growth, I got podcast. So. I win. <laughs> you want to go career? Well, I was... And then we got yeah. Well, I was thinking growth because we're all growing as hosts as well on figuring out how to explain things in a simple manner. Um, and also giving people the ability to see that we're not, you know, we're not perfect and we don't have 100% everything together, but we're willing to kind of go out there and search for the perfect advice. And also we're hopefully hoping people grow um, in their careers and maybe everything else and therapy after the session. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh god! You said I was not being original when I said podcast. podcast. I was going to do a transparency, but then I thought I'd leave that one for you <laughs> as a setup. Oh, I was going to hand you an olive branch, oh. so I made myself a basic for you. <laughs> so what? Yeah, I should go with transparency. Okay. Would you like to give my answer as well, since you came up with a word? <laughs> Today would go transparency because uh, we want to be transparent and the markets and the markets that sounds like a food market uh, and Ooh. job markets <laughs> and how, what it means to work in these fields and so you go in having an idea of what it means to work in marketing and consulting digital strategy management <laughs> and all that jazz so you don't go in not knowing what you're doing this is why i have julia there you go hopefully right. <laughs> from now on all i'm right. just gonna get julia to read over my my side as well i'm not oh, even gonna be missed on this podcast uh great okay should we wrap this up <laughs> yep okay all right so yeah that was really fun guys i hope you learned a lot about us and hopefully it wasn't too much of waffling you can honestly be honest with us honestly be honest with us if we're being uh too much of wafflers we're gonna go because i think we don't know how to speak english anymore so mm. until next time stay tuned bye bye, bye guys That's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a review and subscribe. Do you know someone who is ready to launch out and get started on their career? Share this podcast. You can connect with us more on social media at the Career Growth Podcast. See you in the next episode.